1: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
3: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Mark Weber, who is on the board of directors of Boys Hope Girls Hope, and Damien, who is a uh, client at Boys Hope. Say hi, guys.
4: Hi, Mike. How you doing?
3: Good. Uh Before we get started, let me tell everyone about a couple of the shows that are coming up. Next week on Friday, we have Dr. Frank Wood, and he's going to be talking about his new stress reduction program and how that works and some of the success stories that he's had with that. And the following week on January 24th, we're going to have Joe O'Gorman. He is the uh, owner and founder of Full Throttle Karting up in Sharonville. That's the indoor go-kart track. A lot of fun. I'm sure Mark, you've gone on that. Damien, not yet?
1: No.
3: A lot of fun. And then the following week, we're going to have Bert Huber from uh, EMS. And there's a slight change there on the schedule. Bert is going to go live with us on Thursday, the 30th of January. Okay. Let me tell everyone a little bit of, about the Sandler tra- training calendar coming up. Next week, we have the first week of the Sandler Foundations course starting on Monday at 11 o'clock and later in January, on January 22nd, we have the Sandler Cold Call Camp, which is all about how to uh, make cold calls, how to get by gatekeepers, how to build three phenomenal scripts for getting to the contact, and five ways to break other people's voicemails so they return your calls. And then what we do is actually make cold calls during the last two hours, record them, and debrief what happens. And that makes it a really fun, fantastic day. Okay. A little bit about Mark. Mark has been the recipient of the Boys Hope, Girls Hope Heart of Gold in 1994. What does that heart of gold mean, Mark?
4: I did not receive it in 1994. I had not been associated with Boys Hope that long.
3: Wow. Did you ever receive it?
4: I am the honoree of the uh, Hearts for Hope Gala. Uh, next month. But that's the first time they said anything that wonderful about
3: Mickey. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Mark is an attorney in private practice for 35 years. He's the managing partner of Weber and Knap and is president and chairman of the board of the New Foundation Savings Bank, vice president of the Sycamore Schools Advisory Council, chairman of the executive board of First Suburbs Consortium. That's a that's a strange one. What, what is a first suburb? That yeah. is a
4: group of inner ring suburbs in Hamilton County. Where, and frankly, every suburb in Hamilton County is now a mature inner ring suburb. And the idea is to collectively meet and share experiences and, and deal with issues that are common to all of us.
3: Okay, that's good. First time I ran into that first ring idea is uh, over in Pittsburgh. Mark also serves as a trustee for the annual the Cincinnati American Cancer Society Golf Classic. Are you a golfer too?
4: Uh, not, not a very good one.
3: Okay, I'm good enough at golf to know that I shouldn't play. In 2011, you were the honor- honoree as a 27-year cancer survivor. That's good. As an active member of the Boys Hope Girls Hope of Cincinnati since 2006, we got that date right. That's correct. Okay, Marcus co-chaired the 2005 reunion of the 1990 Cincinnati Reds, uh, benefit- benefiting Boys Hope Girls Hope, and. You're doing that that project again?
4: We're, we're considering doing that in, in 2015.
3: Okay. From recommending donating to the honoraria he receives, officiating at weddings as the mayor of Blue Ash. You were the mayor of Blue Ash for four years, more. Four years. And vice mayor for four? Another four years. Okay. And are you finished with public service?
4: No, I'm currently on Blue Ash City Council. I'm just not. My term as mayor is before.
3: Oh, okay. I mean, you're going up in office. Oh, no. You have had enough.
4: I'm perfectly satisfied where right? I...
3: Good. I can understand that. You've recommended Boys Hope, Girls Hope to charitably inclined estate planning clients.
4: That is a very easy thing to do.
3: Is it? Well, we're going to learn a lot about Boys Hope, Girls Hope today. Uh Mark is a true advocate for scholars and the Boys Hope, Girls Hope mission. Mark, can you give our listeners a brief recap of the mission of voice of girls soap yeah
4: voice of girls soap the foundation of voice of girls soap is the belief that education is the key to unlocking potential and voice of girls soap has taken upon itself to find capable but underserved uh, people like Damian and provide them a great education unlocking all the great things that they're capable of doing and not only through secondary you know, high school days, but also into college and even to postgraduate works work, if they're so inclined. Mm-hmm.
3: And what year was Boys Hope, Girls Hope established?
4: I think it's sometime in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. I, don't, I can't quote the exact mm-hmm. year. But it was founded in St. Louis, and then there are different branches of Boys Hope, Girls Hope throughout the, the, the United States and even in some foreign countries, and they, they all operate relatively autonomously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you're dealing with a very local organization when you're dealing with voice of girls. Mm-hmm.
3: I had never heard of it until uh, less than That's three months ago. Mike. Yeah. Now, let me tell us, our listeners, Damien, about you. you. You entered the voice of program as a 10th grader, and you're currently a senior at St. Xavier High School. Got that right? Correct. Good. At least it wasn't in 1996. <laughs> Damien has has received a letter of acceptance from his first choice in universities, Wright State University, just off the road. Yes. Mm -hmm. While attending Wright State, he plans to explore various fields of studies as well as campus clubs, organizations pertaining to uh, diversity and inclusion. Reflecting uh, your experience with Boys Hope and Girls Hope, he's noted as one of the most influential service projects, was the Buddy Walk, where he served with children who had Down syndrome. That was a monumental experience for, for you, Damien?
5: Yes.
3: Because you had the opportunity to be a one-on-one helper with a child and assist them in the activities. How long was that, that walk?
5: Well, the length of the walk? Yeah. I'm not sure.
3: Okay. When was it?
5: It happens every year, annually, um, about September, mid or beginning.
3: of September. So you entered Boys Hope, Girls Hope as a scholar three years ago?
5: Two and a half.
3: Two and a half years ago? Okay, and how many times have you participated in the Buddy Walk?
5: Twice. Twice? Yep.
3: Mm -hmm. What was it about it that made you want to participate in the Buddy Walk the first time?
5: Well, originally I wanted to participate simply because I had never done anything like that, so going into this type of project, I thought that I would be giving back.
3: Okay, and the second time around?
5: Well, I just had so much fun the first time, I figured I'd do it again the second time.
3: Okay, that's good. You had fun the first time. You uh in Boys Hope, Girls Hope. You, you've been able to get outside of your comfort zone and building new friendships. And I've been told to you one of your fruits for thought is I've, a, a statement that I've bestowed knowledge onto others for I have made mistakes and grown as a person from those mistakes. Thus, I would like others to heed my advice, which is filled with honest intent. Yeah. That's something you wrote yourself? Yeah. That's pretty good, good Damien. Now, uh, Damien and Mark have agreed to uh, take calls from the audience. We'll screen those calls during the commercial breaks. Uh, As usual, the phone number is 646-595-4916. And Mark, can you elaborate for our listeners who have never heard of Boy's Hope, Girl's Hope before today, what it really attempts to, what's its mission?
4: Well, you know, we we talk generally about taking capable uh, young people and and, and giving them the opportunity for education they would otherwise not have. Boys So, Girls So works in a a way they have their residential facilities, homes that are near the schools that the scholars attend. So so the scholars actually live in an environment that, that encourages academic growth, encourages doing things the right way. And currently there are three homes in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Housing 24 scholars.
3: 24 scholars. Uh,
4: and the schools that that the scholars attend include St Xavier High School, which is my alma mater, Roger Bacon High School, St Ursula, Purcell Mary, and one of them. And and then they and there are a number of scholars. Damien got in the program a little later, but there are uh, any number of children that attend uh, grade schools in in the area as
3: well. That are in residence in one of the three homes. Yes. The three homes. Yes. Okay. So you, at each, each location, you must have uh, guardians for the, uh, the minors. Well, there are,
4: there are counselors in each of the homes mm-hmm. uh, who are obviously very important to, uh, to making Boys Hope Girls Hope successful.
3: Mm-hmm. What's the maximum capacity of the number of uh, scholars? that? You well, bring? right
4: now it's 24. Okay. We recently started a community program which has scholars and, and, and youth that are not living in residential facilities. I believe there are approximately 35 kids who are in in those programs, in that program.
3: Mm -hmm. And how long does the average scholar take part in boys or girls? Well,
4: I don't have the exact statistics, but the goal, and it's achieved virtually every time, is to to see the scholars through high school, get them enrolled in college, and, and, you know, the, the, the sky's really the limit, but there have been... Of very large percentage of scholars who have received their
3: degrees in college. Mm-hmm. Could you guesstimate about how many?
4: I don't. I don't know. I, I would say, of all the kids in the program, maybe 75% or more. Well, that's. that's but the high school graduation rate is virtually 100. Mm-hmm. percent And you know, I, I'll I'll put in a little plug for St. X. So you you can't do better in terms of secondary education than
3: St. X. Am right, but St. X has a... A regular graduation rate, probably in the ninety percent range. Right. Right. So. Right. But Roger Bacon probably doesn't.
4: Well, the, but our kids will get through Roger Bacon very well. Well,
3: that, 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 that's yeah. the differential. Yes. And boys' hope, girls' hope. Here in Cincinnati, was founded in what year?
4: I'm thinking in the mid '80s.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And
4: it, it it grew incrementally, and it, it still is is more of a a local, not global, kind of a. Of an organization, and it's you know for people who are interested in looking into Boys Hope Girls Hope, it's very easy to see. If you make a contribution to Boys Hope Girls Hope, you can really see where it goes. It it, it, it doesn't go to this amorphous you know conglomerate charity. And this is a this is a small charity that, that has open doors to people who want to
3: see how their how their donations are
4: used to benefit
3: scholars. mm mm-hmm. I had never heard of Boys Hope Girls Hope until a few weeks ago when I realized that Debbie Bowman was involved with them. Uh, And and you hit a really important, a nerve for me, certain national charities that you give to and you think you're giving to certain causes and you discover that only 50% of the money is going to that cause. You pay for overhead. What's that?
4: You you pay for overhead. Well. And and that's not the case here with with Boy Soak. And, you know, for those who say, well, there are only 24 scholars in the program, if all of those 24 scholars do what they will likely do, the ripple effect on our community is incredible. And the effect on their families, the effect on their communities, the effect on friends that they have made, and, and the careers that they will be able to enter is, it, it, it really it goes way beyond the, the 24 that are in the program.
3: Good, Mark. Again, we're going to be, t- Mark and Damien agreed to uh, answer questions, so if you have a question, you can call in at 646 595 uh, we're going to listen to uh, Jimmy Box talk about Tip Club here in Cincinnati. We are the sponsoring uh, organization for Tip Club. The next meeting is Thursday, the 16th of uh, January, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, why don't you take it away?
1: I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat... Please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
3: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mark Weber and Damien from Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Uh, Mark, after the show, if someone wants to go online and find out more about Boys Hope, Girls Hope, what's the web address?
5: www.bhgh.org.
3: And if they want to talk to a live person, what telephone number they should they use? They can
4: call 721-3380. Great. Uh,
3: during the break, we were talking about this, the... Uh, acceptance rate of, of students who graduate. What is that, Damien, at a college?
5: 100%. That's pr-
3: that's pretty hard to beat. It's pretty hard to beat. Uh, how many colleges uh, did you actually apply to, Damien?
5: Well, I applied to four colleges. Okay, and they were? Ohio University, Northern Kentucky University, Wright State University,
3: and UC. UC. And of the four, how many did you get accepted at?
5: Well, right now, I only have one acceptance letter, but I'm still
3: waiting on the other three. Okay, so you could be the guy who gets four acceptance letters? Of course. Yeah, okay. And if that happened to you, which one would you pick?
5: I would pick Wright State. That's my number one choice. Uh, Because? I I love that school.
3: Okay, so you've been up there many times. Yes. I can see that. Audience members can't see that big smile on your face when you say Wright State. Uh, In... uh, In looking at charitable organizations, uh, lots of people want to talk about the efficiency of the charity. Uh, You've heard that number before. Yes. uh, How does Boy's Hope uh, stack up in efficiency?
4: Well, Boy's Hope is incredibly efficient. Uh, They have minimized overhead and, you know, a a donation to Boy's Hope, Girl's Hope, and and they would be willing to show you, I'm I'm very confident is, is applied to what the goal of the the charity is, and that's to provide quality education over sort of youth. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I, I can't recommend it enough to
1: clients of mine that ask for recommendations for charitable giving. Mm-hmm. How
3: do uh, uh, potential scholars find out about Boys Hope, Girls Hope?
4: Well, there are, there are people looking for them, and they're, they, they're asked to come into the program, they interview. You've got to have the consent of the, of the parents of, of the prospective scholars, mm-hmm. which can be, you know, it, it, it involves literally your child, you know, living away from home at an age when typically kids don't live away from home. But the opportunity to acquire such a good education and, and to, to ultimately attend college, get a degree, and, and have a really substantial career is, is an incredible benefit that, that, that parents
3: recognize. Damien, how did you first hear about Boys Hope?
5: Well, originally coming from grade school, going into high school, St. I knew nothing about Boys Hope. However, St. X had a connection with Boys Hope Girls Hope. So when I got to high school, some of my teachers had gave me some advice and told me, like, you know, there's this great program called Boys Hope Girls Hope. You should really look into that and see if that's beneficial for you. And I know I had a grade school friend who entered the program. Freshman
3: year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you went to Cincinnati uh, Public Schools?
5: Yes.
3: And Cincinnati Public Schools didn't tell you about it? No. Okay, so you, you in a way, got lucky because you, your parents sent you to St. X. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. How do most uh, of the other kids hear about the program? Do you know?
5: I have no idea.
3: Okay. That's fair. Uh, Mark? Uh, the program has three individual homes Correct. for the the scholars. Uh, how how do they assign to each one? Of the is there a, is there a difference between the homes? Uh, why why three? Well, there are two
4: homes for young men and, and a home for for young women. Okay. And there there are two homes that are in the vicinity of Saint Mm-hmm. And you know those are you know a lot of these kids will go to. The St. Vivian's Elementary School, um, and then they'll either attend. The the, the boys will either go to St. X or Roger Payton. Hmm.
3: Is that like walking distance?
4: For St. X, it certainly is.
3: I don't know the territory.
4: there are, there are Well, one house is basically in the side yard. The other house is basically in the front yard.
3: Oh, okay. That that's really. You're not going to get a snow day on buses for that. <laughs> get to walk both ways. Uh, Tell us about the program, Damien. Uh, what's added to your uh, curriculum as a as a high school senior, being part of Boys Hope Girls Hope? What what do you learn extra?
5: Responsibility.
3: Okay, and, and 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 how does that that occur?
5: Well, when I got into Boys Hope Girls Hope, I was so unstructured, and Boys Hope Girls Hope structured me and gave me a lot of responsibility and. Showed me how to grow up.
3: Okay, so for you, responsibility means? Doing
5: what you've got to do to get things
3: done. Oh, you're responsible for making your own bed.
5: Exactly.
3: Responsible for doing your own laundry. Exactly. Okay, do you have any chores around the house that you got to do? For instance, what's one that you like to do?
5: One that I like to do with dishes.
3: You, you like to do with dishes, okay. And what's one you don't like to do? Trash. Trash, okay. Uh, now, do you live in the... Uh, the the home during the summer breaks? Yes. What do you do during the summer breaks?
5: Well, for the upperclassmen, juniors, seniors, during the summer, we're expected to have a job, so most of us who are juniors and seniors were working most of the summer. Uh,
3: what did you do the last uh, two summers?
5: Well, I vacationed and I worked.
3: Okay, and you worked as?
5: Uh, cook at the Roses.
3: Okay, learned how to make pizzas and stuff. Yes. That's cool. Uh, what's the most unusual thing that, that you've seen one of your uh, your fellow Boys Hope Girls Hope people do?
5: Um, unusual thing? Mm-hmm. I don't really see unusual, really. Okay. It's like a normal house.
3: Like a normal house. Uh, the household we grew up in, how many brothers and sisters do you have?
5: I have three sisters, four brothers.
3: So it's a big family.
5: Yes.
3: And you're not the oldest, are you? No, I'm the
5: youngest.
3: Oh, okay. But if you had younger brothers or sisters, would you recommend them to boys with Cross Yes. What would you say to them?
5: I would say, if you need stability and you want to be successful, go uh, with
3: hmm And what would be the, the, the tripwire that would make them, make them go?
5: You will be successful.
3: You will be successful in life?
5: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you ever talk to uh, prospective uh, scholars? Yes. How often?
5: Mm-hmm. Two, three times a month.
3: Okay. So you, you're, you're going up, out to other schools and talking to them, or are they coming into the, uh, the homes?
5: They're coming into the homes. And usually before they get into the program, mm-hmm. they usually visit the home to get a buyer to see what it's about, and we can interact with them in the house. Mm-hmm.
3: Is it like a trial period, Mark, where you take a new uh, scholar in and they have uh, two weeks or four weeks to figure out whether or not they fit into this environment program? I don't know
4: if it's actually a probationary period, but there are certain standards that they have to live up to.
3: Mm-hmm. What are the standards like?
4: Well, I think it, it involves behavior. I think it involves academic performance. Mm-hmm. Damien, um, you might be able to explain specifically what the expectations are.
3: What are the academic performance criteria?
5: Well, the academic performance criteria, you must have at least a B average. And. B average? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, like most high school students, do you get to select your own courses? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what majors do you have in, in high school now?
5: Uh, right now I'm taking government. Um, with St. Xavier, I have to take a religion class, and I'm taking gym.
3: Okay. So that's how many classes?
5: Well, I just named two three, but I take about six or seven classes. Mm-hmm.
3: So... You're in school about seven, seven or eight hours a day.
5: Yes, from eight in the morning to three or five.
3: Okay. And after school, do you work too?
5: Yes.
3: It, outside of the home? Yes. What do you do now? Are you back at La Rose's? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's a good place. Cincinnati seems to love La Rosa's. I had the opportunity to meet Buddy La Rose one time. Uh, we're going to be taking a commercial break here in a second. Again, if you uh, have any questions for uh, Damien or Mark. The the number is 646-595-4916. And let's listen to a uh, couple of Sandler commercials. This is Mike Raw, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem.
1: What are you hearing
3: now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. Okay, this is Mike Roth and Damian and Mark Weber. We're talking about Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Uh, Mark, you've been a, a leader for a lot of years as mayor, vice mayor. Perhaps you could uh, share with our listeners a leadership tip. I think it, it, it's not just a leadership
4: tip. I think it's a human behavior tip that when you're talking with someone, you want to convince someone that your position has merit. Put yourself in that person's shoes. Imagine you're talking to some, you know, you're, you're talking to yourself. You understand what you want to say, but you, you, you have to try to gather what how they're going to respond to what you say. You know, you, you don't win arguments by beating people up and just by sheer noise. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a process.
3: And if you
4: try to understand they're, where they're coming from, it makes for a, a, a lot better result.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, Damien, you, have you been exposed to a lot of leaders through uh, Boys Hope, Girls Hope? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the one that you were most comfortable with as a leader?
5: Well, the collegiate that just- went to college maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. He comes back on a regular basis to do laundry, and he'll just sit with us and talk with us and just tell us about college and how things are going.
3: Mm -hmm. And you've known him for two years? Mm Yes. That's good. Uh, At at Boys Hope Girls Hope, uh, Mark, uh, you guys on the board of directors have uh, big future plans. Let's first talk about uh, your upcoming event, your annual gala.
4: Well, like any charitable organization, it runs on money.
3: No kidding, really. Big right surprise.
4: We can't do as a, as an organization what we're set up to do without a lot of caring people donating to Boys of Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several annual fundraisers that Boys of Girls have. Has one is the Hearts for Hope Gala, which is held in February, and then there is a golf outing, uh, surprise, surprise that's held in the summer. Uh, the Hearts for Hope Gala is, is will be held on February 8th of this year. It'll be at the Hall of Mirrors downtown. Um, it is it is really a fun event. There's great food, great music. Um, there's a lot of, you know, if you really are into this, there, there, there truly is a lot of ability to network, and not to mention just the social interaction from like-minded people who you think a lot of boys over so, girls so
3: How many people uh, show up at the event?
4: Well, I know Debbie Bowman, our new executive director, is looking for five or six hundred mm-hmm. to attend this year's.
3: Five or six hundred. Well, I think it's pretty close to the capacity of yep. all the Hall of Mirrors. That's
4: it.
3: It may even include the upper ring.
4: It, it might. But you know, the bottom line is, once you are introduced to boys and so, girls, hope. So, you know, that was the way it was with me. You, you really want to continue to to do anything you can do to, to improve it and, and to, to make it what it ultimately aspires to be. Mm-hmm.
3: And what does it ultimately aspire to be?
4: I think it's, I think it's, it's basically a make-a-difference organization. Uh, the goal is to take scholars like Damien and get them through college. and When they come back into the community, they will be the leaders. They will be the people who influence their communities. And you can't put a price on it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: How many people uh, in Cincinnati, uh, Damien, actually graduate uh, from high school and go on to college this year, round numbers? You got 24 total.
5: Yes, we have a total of 24, and I would estimate around 20 to 24, actually. The whole? Well, they, not, they will graduate eventually. They're not but all. this year, in yes, a, on,
3: on, a, on a yearly basis, in the next uh, six months.
5: Well, right now we have four seniors.
3: Four seniors. Including
5: myself, so four seniors will graduate this year.
3: Okay, so that means there'll be four places at least for newcomers for next year. Okay, and is it it kind of divided like that, so every year four or five graduate? Yes. Okay. Uh, So the gala is called again? Hearts for Hope. Hope, And if our listeners uh, want more information on participation, they should... Call 721-3380. and the second thing that you guys are doing this year is a golf tournament.
4: Well, that has been a long-standing charitable event for Voices Girls Grills. Has it? And it, is, it, is, it takes on a life of its own, and, and it, it's a tremendous event. It, it's been held at Kenwood Country Club forever.
3: Oh, really? I figured you were to run it at, at your city golf course at we Blue Ash. We
4: have 18 holes at Blue Ash. Yeah. And, and the event is big enough that uh, the 36 holes at Kenwood are necessary to handle all the golfers.
3: Really? Yeah. So you have a lot of people come after that. A lot of people. It's
4: a great event.
3: Hmm. I have to admit, I'm not a golfer. <laughs> I'm not a candidate for that one. Uh, but the Hall of Mirrors thing—that's that. That sounded pretty good.
4: That—that that, it, it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: Someplace i read a brochure. I'm sorry, I don't have it here in front of me now. But it was a. It sounded like a really great event at, at a great place. Uh, in terms of the future, Mark, uh, what? What kind of events are you planning into 2015?
4: Well, we are talking about reprising the uh, uh, 1990 Reds reunion for the World Championship Team in 1990. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that will be a very interesting event to put on. And, and having done that 10 years ago and knowing nothing about putting on these kind of events with my co-chair, Rob Jetsy, and my wife was invaluable, not to mention a couple dozen other Boys Hope Girls Hope volunteers. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible experience, but also an incredible... It was my full-time job for six months
3: mm-hmm. to do that. You know, putting on a big event like that is...
4: Little did I know.
3: A lot of issues, a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how many players uh, are you looking in, at?
4: In, in, well, in, in 2005, we had 16. Um, I think that that number is going to increase significantly I was at a card show at Moeller High School a few months ago, and Eric Davis was there, and he was just sitting there. And I went over and I said, "You don't remember me, but we, you know, we put on the 1990 Reds reunion." He lit up and said, "You guys got to do that again. That was great." Mm-hmm. So, and he said there are a lot of, of the players who didn't come to the 1005 who would be interested in in the
3: second one. So, where were you holding an event like that?
4: That's a good question because those things take on a life of their own. We had the first one at the Blue Ash Recreation Center, and we had a dinner for 350 in one of the gyms, and we had a card show in the other gym, and we had a little golf outing for all the players at the golf course. But, you know, that model may not be appropriate for what this could be.
3: So you think you could have way more than 375 people?
4: I think you could. I think there are enough baseball fans in this area that would love the opportunity to honor these guys.
3: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a convention center.
4: Right
3: where you can hold a thousand people
4: yeah, it
3: could and that, that's a good fundraiser for uh, boys hope girls hope
4: great fundraiser hmm
3: mm-hmm. uh... when people are uh, looking for information about boys hope girls hope your parents they mean when they were looking for information uh... did they spend much time uh, out of one of the uh... the homes talking to students and counselors
5: honestly I had no idea. I just remember one Sunday, my mom was like, okay, we're going to go to this meeting about Voice Hope and you're going to Voice Hope hmm
3: Is that the way it happens for, for most of the students?
5: Um, every student has a different experience getting mm-hmm. into Voice Hope So my experience is different than the next
3: Mhm. Mark, does, does every student that apply get in, or, or you have a, uh, a waiting list, let's say?
4: Well, I think there, there's a little of both. There, there are probably kids that apply that, that don't meet the, the, the requirements of being in the program. And with only 24 slots in the, in the residential office, it, uh, there are hopefully we'll be able to expand that. But right now, that, that, that's a, a limitation on the number of scholars that you can have. With
3: what are the requirements for the scholars?
4: Well, you know, it, 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 do they meet the the, the Criteria for the, the Boys' Of Girls' So mission, and that is capable, underserved, you know, young men and women who would benefit greatly from the environment that uh, Boys' Of Girls' Hill provides for. Do mm-hmm.
3: so they have to like have a grade point average in high school before applying?
4: I'm not sure that they do. I think, I, and and I think that uh, uh, Damien is, is probably an exception to the rule, starting in the tenth grade. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there are expectations once the young men and women are in the program that they have to live up to.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: if someone doesn't live up to the program standards in terms of academic performance, what happens then?
4: There's everything they can do to, to get these scholars to, to, to meet the expectations. There's not a, a trapdoor that they're standing on waiting to get them out of the program, but the goal is to encourage and to, to guide and to train so that they do come through.
3: Okay, so you have a program with a pretty much a hundred percent success rate,
4: for the most part, yes. They're, I mean, there there always there will always be at times something that doesn't work out for any number of reasons. Of there course, that should be a family situation as well as an uh, academic performance, and, hmm. and you know those. You know, you have to. Everyone has to be flexible enough to deal with this. Mm-hmm.
3: But the the bulk of the students are all performing in the academic world so they can get through high school and get on into college. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. The idea is, is, is to do what is necessary so that these kids succeed.
3: Mm-hmm. What's the most uh, prestigious college that one of the students has ever gotten into?
4: You know, I saw a list of, I mean, it, 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 there are probably 30 different colleges that I've seen lists to. Oh, really? That many? Yeah. And, you know, we're talking St. Louis University, Washington University in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, Right State, UC, Xavier, NKU, UD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, you know, I, that's just about the top. Yeah, that, and I know those are, are schools that, that scholars have gone to. Do you think of any other, Daniel? Um, Austin, Austin College. Austin College.
3: Okay, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah.
4: Uh, Louisville.
3: Louisville. Of, of the students who've graduated for the program, uh, what kind of occupations have they uh, engaged in?
4: Well, we have a lawyer, um, I don't know is, it, is there a doctor the doctors with his guidance degree mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, oh we have we actually have uh, a player on the Seattle Seahawks who uh, who, who played for the University of Louisville
3: okay that's pretty cool that's
4: pretty cool and it, it's you know it, it's it's very broad based but you know these kids come back and they become productive members of, of the community that they reside in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's,
3: that's, you can't beat that. So th- there is no requirement that the uh, participants spend two years of their life after they got out of college back here in Cincinnati. No.
5: It's,
3: it's entirely up to Damien what, where he lives after he gets out of college. That yeah. is correct. Okay, so there's no, I guess there are some programs. My daughter was in a program, took a scholarship at NYU in New York City, and it was extremely specific of what she had to do for two years to get the scholarship. Uh, really interesting. Okay, we're going to take another com- our last commercial break here. If you have any questions for Damien or Mark, the number is six four six five nine five four nine one six, and we're going to listen to Sandler Rule number
0: fifteen. Hi, I'm Rich Isaac from Sandler Training, and I'm here to talk about Rule number fifteen. The best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see. Now, let's start by talking about the fact that that rule should not be taken literally. Of course, there's an appropriate time to talk about your products, your services, your solutions, your prices. What happens is that most salespeople simply talk about it too soon. The prospective client will say things to them like, Show me what you have. Tell me what you can do and the salesperson eager to show their credibility and to show their product knowledge will go into presentation mode. And there's two problems with that. Number one, it's too early to make a presentation because the salesperson isn't knowledgeable enough about the particular situation the prospective client is facing. And second of all, it comes off like a sales pitch. And if there's one thing that prospective clients can't stand is someone making a pitch at them trying to convince them. Is there a better way, a better way to show your knowledge and build credibility with the prospective client Actually, there are two ways. First is you can learn to ask better questions, more insightful questions. And second, you can learn to tell stories, meaningful stories that the prospective client will be able to relate to. Let me give you an example. Let's assume that I sell software to help companies run their warehouses more effectively. I might say, Sam, as the vice president of operations, I'm wondering if you ever run into these issues. A lot of people tell me that they have a real balancing act between reducing their inventory expense and still being able to handle just-in-time delivery. It's really challenging for them. Others tell me that they have a difficult time getting their staffs to follow the procedures in their warehouse as exactly and effectively as they could. Now, before I go on, I'm wondering if you can relate to either of those two things. Now, what did I just accomplish? Through simply telling a story and asking a simple question, I was able to show my credibility, show my knowledge, show my understanding of their business, In essence, I presented information in such a way that they got those things without me coming off like a salesperson making a pitch. Remember, if you want to really be the most credible professional salesperson, learn to tell better stories and ask better questions. Remember, if you get good at both of those things, the best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see.
3: This is Mike Roth and I'm here with uh, Mark Weber and Damien from uh, Boys Hope Girls Hope. Uh, and during the break, uh, Damien, we were talking about uh, people who come back after graduating college and work with uh, the students and scholars at Boys Hope Girls Hope. Perhaps you could elaborate for our listeners what, what you were saying off the air. Yes,
5: we do have some of the Boys Hope Girls Hope graduates who come back to the program and actually work as residential counselors.
3: Mm-hmm. And is that beneficial
5: to you? Yes, because when you are a scholar in the program and you're in the environment with a residential counselor, you really get that, that feedback from them on what it was like when they were in the program and the type of obstacles and challenges that they had to go through. Because a lot of times you go through those same challenges and you too can relate. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, other counselors uh live in the home or are they just uh staying at the home during the work day?
5: Well, some do live in the home mm-hmm. and then some live
3: out. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. That's that you're getting some to come back to work in the program. Yep. Uh positive uh reinforcement for the people. Uh Mark, I always like to ask this question. We have a theory of operation here at Sandler that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Uh Perhaps you could share with our our listeners a complex problem that you ran into at Boys Hope Girls Hope, and the equally complex solution that you used to solve the problem.
4: Well, I'll, I'll go back to the 2005 Reds reunion, which was an incredibly complicated event to put on. Little did we know when we thought it was a great idea that it would be as complex and and have so many moving parts that it did. But we, you know, we, we kind of stayed with it and and did everything we could do and. and Spent an inordinate, inordinately more time than we anticipated, but nevertheless, I think we put on a, a pretty good event and, and learned a lot. But when you know when we entered into the, the idea of doing it, we had no idea what it would entail. So a simple solution to putting on that event
3: would, was
4: not in the cards.
3: Could you give our our listeners an example of something complex that maybe went wrong and you had to fix?
4: Well, we had we had sixteen players probably. 10 of them had flown in from around the country, and there were maybe 12 of them. There were a few that were local. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after we had made all the the travel arrangements, there were a couple that needed to get back, and, you know, it was very short notice. And, you know, we're in the back room at the banquet trying to call the airlines because these guys, the kind of flights that they needed to get where they needed to go when they needed to be there. And it it was an experience.
3: Mm-hmm. So, so your transportation subcommittee had a, uh, a workout.
4: Mr. Jesse was our transportation subcommittee, and he uh, he will never forget that.
3: Yeah. Uh, Bob Jutsey.
4: Rob Jutsey. Yeah. Rob
3: Jutsey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does the, uh, the magazine for the... That's correct. Elderly. Yeah.
4: He was on the Senior show. Senior
3: Impact. Senior Impact. He was on the show about six months ago. Yeah. Uh, it's a small world in Cincinnati. Yeah. Small yeah. world. Uh, as you look forward to... Uh, where the program will be in 2015, 16, and beyond. How do you see that uh, changing?
4: There is an incredible energy at boys so Grills right so now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will attribute a good bit of that to Debbie Bowman, who mm-hmm. is the new executive director. And, you know, I think all the board members that have had contact with Debbie are also energized to do anything we can do to to try to generate the kind of, um charitable contributions and, and the kind of events that people want to have so that boys oak girls Oak can can be even better than it is now and it's as a great organization how many board
3: members do you have
4: oh my goodness it's a huge number it might be 20 25
3: oh okay members. that's big it's big huge would be a hundred well and, you know, it, it, and it,
4: it is it I think with debbie really coaxing all of us to to do a little bit more you're gonna you're going to see some events that are really spectacular. Mm-hmm. And and all that does is, is benefit the scholars and make the program even more successful.
3: Yeah, I was introduced to it uh, at the event at the uh, Great American Tower. Yeah. Uh, that was something. That about. was quite an event. 20, the empty 29th floor. It seemed like there must have been 500 people up there. That's a big
4: crowd. It was a great event.
3: Yeah, and, and a great story. Uh, do you have videos on the web that that parents can look at?
4: I presume that there are. I have not seen them. Um, There's one more thing I'd like to bring up. Sure. And that is the uh, Hoops for Hope program that uh, was unveiled at that uh, event at the Great American Tower, and that's a partnership involving Boys Soap, Girls Soap with the Cincinnati Police Department uh, to set up uh, basketball leagues uh, that will be highly supervised and, and hopefully very Entertaining for, for the players and and to provide some escape from from the streets and the new police chief Chief Blackwell is uh, is, a, is a huge community police officer. I mean that that's what he feels that a major component of the police department should be and he's very been very encouraging and hopefully this will really turn into to uh, a program that will have some great significance and it, it, it really meshes well with Boys
3: O' Girls of Mission. Good. Uh- for our listeners who aren't familiar with the program, could you go over how that uh, hope, hope hopes or works? Well, it,
4: we're, it's it, it's still in the in the planning stages. We're gonna we're gonna have a meeting next week and hopefully put some meat on the bones. But uh, the idea again is is to provide an outlet uh, for for basketball and hopefully get you know local coaches involved and uh, you know turn it into something that, that has some real
3: significance within the community. So this is something that the uh, students could play in, in on a Friday night or Saturday night? Right. Does this also include those midnight basketball games? Well,
4: I don't know that they'll be at midnight, and, and that has a kind of a negative connotation from 20 years ago. But it, it, the idea, I think, is, is a terrific one. And I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, it'll really get off the ground and, and uh, prove to be successful within Cincinnati, and then hopefully it, it can expand to the suburbs. Mm-hmm.
3: Are you planning on adding more uh, Boys Hope Girls Hope homes to the uh, group of three you already have?
4: Well, that would be ideal, but that is, involves an incredible amount of money to operate a home. The idea is to operate the three we have uh, efficiently and successfully. And if you know we were able to, to get the, the funds to do another home, that might be an option. But right now, the, the three are, are pretty much what we're interested in maintaining.
3: Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the scholars who are not part of the residence home? How does that work?
4: Well, that involves more after school, just just guidance, mentoring, counseling um, that, that doesn't involve the type of living arrangements that Damien has. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, it's a way to spread the word of Boys of Girls, so can hopefully have an effect on a, on a larger number of kids without the the expense which we don't have the money to pay for, for additional homes.
3: Mm -hmm. So they live with their families, but they they come in how many days a week to the home in the afternoons? Three, four, five? Five five days days a week? week?
4: Yeah.
3: -hmm. And uh, is there a percentage of those that eventually will be involved in the uh, resident scholar program? Mm -hmm.
4: There there have been uh, – that will happen, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the the, the community – Program is is still relatively young.
3: hmm mm-hmm. uh, Young means it's a year old, two a couple years of years. Couple, only a couple of years three, old. Three, four. And, and just as a review, uh, Boys Hope Girls Hope has been active here in Cincinnati since mid-eighties. Mid-eighties. And, and, and how did Boys Hope Girls Hope acquire the three properties that you're using as residential homes?
4: Well, uh, Saint X played a very significant role in High school. the buildings over by the. The high school. Mm-hmm. There's a home in Walnut Hills uh, that for the girls, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that was you know it's just a matter of finding the right facility, having someone donate enough money to to purchase that property, and then obviously the the expense of operating three homes is is significant. Sure. Not to mention with eight scholars in each home, you know your your kind of uh, your expenses are significant.
3: Mm-hmm. Transportation to and from the uh, schools is uh, two of the homes They walk to the schools.
4: Well, the grade school kids will get buses Oh, okay. from, you know, from the homes here, St. Max. Good. And
3: also
4: the, the Wallen Hills.
3: Uh, Damien, do you have any last thoughts or something you want to add and tell people about Boys Hope, Girls Hope?
5: Yeah, one thing that I do want to say is that with the scholars in the program, it's really their choice to be there. You're not forced to do anything. You're not forced to be there. You know, it's totally up to the scholar and the parents. Mm-hmm.
3: That's good. Are you happy with your decision to uh, participate, Damien? Yes. Great. Mark, any last thoughts from you?
4: I, I just hope that when people want to contribute to a charitable organization, that, that is that that has a real voice. Hope, girls' hope should be at the top of the list.
3: That's great. That's great. And I'm glad I ran into uh, you guys through Debbie. Thanks for being a part of the show today. And, Scott, why don't you take it away.
2: Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.
1: for SIPC.